0: Hey everyone, welcome to this podcast brought to you by RaptorAid and hosted by me, Jimmy Hill. During the coronavirus lockdown, we decided to host some live interviews with raptor conservationists and experts from all over the world. The podcast you're about to listen to was recorded during the lockdown period live on Facebook, Apologies if some of it sounds a little bit disjointed and we go a little bit off track with questions from the audience. But hopefully you'll enjoy listening to your favourite expert right here on Raptor Rambles. We're off to South Africa for this interview and we're chatting with Rhino Kemp of Volpro. Volpro carry out a whole range of conservation work including research and rehabilitation of the most critically endangered group of birds, the vultures. Right. Okay. I think we are live. So, welcome, Rhino from Volpro. Uh, Thank you. So you you are the if I get this right, I'll remember. Research manager for for Volpro. Yes. yes, that's correct. New new in the hot seat. Yes. yes, yes. Um, okay. I've, so essentially, I as I said to you before we came on. Um, Tell us a little bit about your role at Volpro, then and, and sort of a bit about the background of Volpro, what you know, and
1: then, uh, yeah. Okay. So, so uh, starting with me, I, can, I, I actually came from from academic, academic background, from doing my PhD at the University of Pretoria. I'm completely different than Raptors on a little small log, um running around in, in, uh, in the Kalahari Desert. Um, Uh, in the the northern cape of South Africa and yeah so basically I after my PhD while I'm still finalizing the last uh, couple of chapters of my PhD but I decided I need to get a job and I went over and I actually managed to get this research manager position at Ballpro in late uh, February this year so I'm quite new to this and and it's been quite a privilege to actually work with Volpro and actually learn all the all the things about large raptors. Even though I have handled a large raptors uh, with my ringing uh, in the past, I really I really enjoyed it. Uh, starting working with Volpro, and yes, Volpro. Volpro is part of a, a, a organization that actually look at quite quite a huge variety of stuff. Uh, we'll start. We uh, I, uh, Volpro started in 2007. With the whole idea to actually re, uh, to rehab all the birds that either get poisoned and then also in electrocution or any any threat that causes them to be grounded, Volpro started to go out and actually collect those birds and rehab them so that so that uh, these birds can then be released back into the wild. Um, and then Kerry and they took it further and started doing research and actually with all the rehabilitation that they did I think the total of rehabilitations done up to date or they rescued 820 more than 820 birds uh, in the last 13 years and uh, about 350 of them has been released back into the wild and if you take that those, those numbers it's quite substantial if you if you if, if, uh, these vultures, all the different species, mainly Cape and African whiteback, lose 350 vultures uh, over the last decade or so, uh, the, the population would be in quite a big problem. So Volpro is doing quite, a, quite, a, quite an important job of actually trying uh, to, to get these birds back into the wild so they can breed um, because of all the threats these birds actually experience. Uh, and then, in two thousand and eleven uh, Volpro started a breeding p- program because most uh, some of these birds can't be released back into the wild because of broken wing and it needs to be amputated. so they started a captive breeding program. It took a couple of years to actually uh, establish it and actually to do uh, or to uh, uh, to release these birds back into the wild. but in two thousand and fifteen they managed to start releasing. Uh, uh, approximately 10 individuals every year since 2015 um, so so it, uh, they, uh, we actually make make a huge difference by releasing allowing these birds that can't be released back into the wild to still contribute to the actual bigger population and uh, 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 help maintaining uh, the population numbers of cape and African whiteback and hooded vultures all the vultures in South Africa um, so and then from from there of course everything is combined with research uh, and that's where I get uh, came into the picture to actually help with with the research of Volpro and actually taking these data because all the all the rear birds I think I think we had a total of 137 birds with tracking devices on so we have a uh, a huge number of data that's available for tracking, like there's yep. good work that we can do on the captive breeding program research stuff that we can do, get better understanding, uh, get more birds to, be, to actually um, be able to, uh, to breed successfully in captivity and then release those birds back into the wild. Uh, we, uh, we're part of a population monitoring for uh, hooded vultures, African whitebacks and Cape vultures. Uh, in various colonies across South, uh, South Africa as well in Botswana for the African uh, whiteback cultures. So yeah, that's, that's basically in a nutshell. Uh, oh, and then also uh, with the rehabilitation, it takes a lot of uh, uh, work and also collaboration with vets.
0: And now uh, recently... Uh, oh, yeah. so, so VULPRO is... It's a, it's a non-government organization, isn't yeah. it? Yes. So you you complete okay right. As far as I am aware, we should now be live again on Facebook. Yes, we are. So don't worry about um, going back over everything you've just you've just said. I'll I'll leave the other video up so people can uh, people can can find out a bit about what you said in the first ten minutes. I was I was before we got cut off. I was just gonna mention that volpro is an ngo isn't it so it's a non-government yes. organization so you're completely dependent on um donations funding you know yes. grants uh, things like that so it's worth i just wanted to make sure i point that out to people that you don't yes, get yes. any, any yeah. sort of form of government funding um whereabouts whereabouts is volpro based in south africa
1: uh it's on the border of Northwest and Gauteng, uh, close to Hartbeespoort Dam. Um, okay. Volpro has a satellite site um, in the Eastern Cape uh, that's run by Kate uh, Webster and that also collects birds in the Eastern Cape. And if they're not releasable, then that, that, those birds are sent up to Volpro because we are at Volpro, we just have a much more, uh, a bigger facility to actually. Uh, facilitate these birds uh, for long periods and use them in that uh, captive breeding program.
0: Yeah, yeah. So obviously, Kerry, Kerry Walter is in charge of, of yes. Volpro, and and she started it. And so where where it's based, Volpro as a whole. Just describe. So it's a facility, isn't it? I know you mentioned you've got a you've got a breeding colony of of um, Cape yes. vultures, for instance. But you've got several other species there, haven't you? Bird of prey wise. Um, some some yes. that aren't native to to africa as well i believe you've got condor or two condors but a lot so a large part of the work of the just explain what 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 the, the work is of volpro at the actual facility then because i know people yes. can visit can't they
1: <clears throat> yes so people can come and visit uh, volpro and uh we we, we provide them with t- tours and also we uh, further that with um like school tours, when they actually come, we educate them on the tour and show them around because the, we have these. Uh, so uh, on on Volpro, at uh, we have uh, various enclosures with different, like we have leopard face, uh, palm nuts, uh, white backs, uh, cape vultures, um, black vulture, the condors that you mentioned. So we have a wide variety of, of actual vultures that are housed at Volpro. We have a restaurant on the facility as well, where the breeding after the, the, the wild colonies from uh, the Mahalisburg area, uh, they actually come and visit uh, Volpro. So you can come and sit in the hive and actually enjoy uh, the, uh, the vultures actually feeding uh, at the restaurant. We had marabou stalks the other day as well there. So it's quite a, quite a nice experience to actually come out and actually enjoy, enjoy the time at Volpro and
0: yes so so just to cover on on the uh, the restaurant's probably quite an interesting point for people because obviously when when you mention restaurant here in the uk people are thinking about going out for dinner uh, or (laughs) if they're they're talking about a facility like what volcro is people are thinking of like yeah a a chester zoo for instance one of the big zoos in the uk restaurants for people to eat at but obviously this is this is a vulture restaurant you're talking about, exactly. and these have been set up right across Africa um, as a safe feeding zone for yes. vultures. So it's an area where you, the wild populations of vultures can come and and feed, and and obviously the the carcasses that are there are completely clean of any any poison. Um, exactly, so ju- exactly. just just to, yeah, I just wanted to clarify when people are thinking what a vulture <coughs> restaurant is. um, That's what it is. So you've got so you've got a vulture restaurant on site at Volpro, then.
1: Yes, yes, we have one on site and then one close to uh, because of the. So we have one at Nuut, which is one of the breeding colonies on the Maahaliesberg area, yeah. and there is also a vulture restaurant uh, because we uh, in two thousand and eighteen, I think. I can be, it can be wrong, 2017, 2018, we establish a soft release location for the captive bred yeah. birds. So that after the breeding season um, and actually housing them at Volpro, we take them to this site so that they are completely uh, get habituated to the wild population and they only see people once a week when we actually take food up for them um, uh, and enough food to, to last them for a week with clean water, clean everything uh, so that they become wild otherwise the problem comes if we release those birds uh, they end up in someone's garden and they're easy to catch because they're so tame to people so, yeah. so there's also and we also have two hundred, 200, approximately 250 other restaurants across the country that's registered with Volpro wow. where we inspect that the, the, this, the, all, the, all the animals that they feed are clean from any poison and so forth. And actually being a safe area for them to, to, to actually get food on a regular basis as well. Uh, yes. And we hope that this will also help with actually reducing the number of poison, poison cases and also help with the increase in their, their numbers.
0: Yeah, so so obviously we talked about when we had Andre on um, both from the EWT. We talked about poisoning, yeah. but a big part of a big part of what you do, if I'm not mistaken, following you on on social media, for instance, and talking to Kerry is um, the impact that power lines have on on well, all, all birds of prey. It's not it's not just vultures, but obviously um, things like I know a species that's clo- close to you. Volpro is cape vultures um yes. and so a large part of your work is is driving all over um south africa to collect injured vultures that have collided with power just explain a little bit about some of the work you have to do with 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 that side of things
1: yes so so we work closely with uh S-com as well with it so we if we for example we track these birds like the birds that we have trackers on we follow them daily and actually see that they they move every day because the thing is as soon as they ground it or uh, in a, a in a certain area for the for a couple of days we will send out a team to actually investigate and usually if they ground it it's due to either poisoning event or the electrocution were or, or uh, the you know, either electrocution or uh, uh, collision with with power lines and in that that case then we'll report this this uh, this case to escom and then we we will follow up with them so that they uh, they will implement some mitigations to these power lines to reduce the threat and hopefully one day we'll get to a, a time where all the power lines power lines are safe to vultures and other, other, other large terrestrial birds that actually fly into these birds. And then on a regular basis, we were planning to do a couple of uh, power line surveys during, during March, but with the lockdown, we, we weren't able to actually um, conduct them, but we then go out and actually walk around, uh, uh, along a power line, either a transmission line or distribution line, and actually record every single detail of that power line, and then yeah. either see if there is a collision with or, or uh, uh, leftovers of birds uh, to say that there was a collision with with the power line, and then that's also sent to to uh, escom uh, and then also uh, put it into the uh, the national database of power line collisions and uh, reporting it and that will then be. On a monthly basis uh, be reported to all the funders and everyone involved in the pro- into the project
0: yeah so it's almost like you well essentially you're you, you're monitoring the situation you're working with escom which are the the, the power supply the utilities company um and then obviously the data as you say you can i, I presume you can work out hot spots and I suppose to exactly. some extent if you've got a cape vulture breeding because they're colony nesters aren't, I'm right in saying that aren't I cape vultures yes. and so if you've got power lines running close to a colony or plans I suppose to put power infrastructure in then yes. you yeah it's great to hear that you're you're on the front line and I, I think another thing I wanted to point out from our point of view, being British, I, I've luckily, I've been to Africa a couple of times or South mm. Africa a couple of times. And I think as a as someone who's British, we sometimes forget, because we're only a little island, Britain, yeah. we forget how vast South Africa is because it's yeah. huge, it, you know, I, I never forget rhino talking to um one of the guides we were out with and and they made a comment about going to the cinema and how they would have to drive three hours to go and watch a film that was only yeah. two hours long whereas here i can drive 15 minutes down the road to the c- to the cinema yes, yes. so the the sort of the power lines the areas that you're covering yes are vast aren't they they're, they're thousands they're of kilometers not hundreds
1: massive are they stretching from from the western, uh, the western parts of the Northern Cape all the way to the eastern parts of KZN. And that, yeah. is, that is huge. And um, we're talking about, like you mentioned, the, the hotspots. We're currently working on a manuscript to get published about identifying uh, hotspot areas to where uh, uh, vultures are more possible to collide and, or to get electrocuted by these power lines so that yeah. we can take it further and actually make, make sure that these, these power lines are then mitigated. So that will be, after the study, then we'll go and do additional surveys on that certain areas to actually ensure that ESCOM actually went and actually do the, the stuff, but they're very good with, when a case has been reported to actually try to implement mitigations and ensure so it's- that, 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 that
0: it's safe so you've so yeah essentially escom you, you they're being proactive rather than reactive so yeah uh, well it's, it, it's fantastic now obviously you, you mentioned about how when you do get a bird it, one of the one of the values of, of volpro is you've got these fantastic facilities yeah. to be able to rehabilitate them and then those birds are fitted with a satellite tracker aren't they yes. so that you can yes. you can follow their movements not just for for obviously the, the power line <laughs> instance but just because from your point of view as a, in research it's really valuable data where you know where these birds go that, that and so on um what, i know you've ju- talking about the facilities you've just or you're in the process of having a new hospital built or yes. had one built that's right isn't it yes so, so it was
1: it was finished now in uh, march um, so but we're still in the process of kitting it out and they they we require some donations to actually finalise uh, all the equipment and uh, actually set it up to be a proper Hospital on site where we can do proper rehabilitation don't need to send these birds on a sixty kilometer trip to to the vet uh, at honor or yeah. Uh, yeah so so yeah so the that that facility is now finished um it's just now getting it out with the the necessary equipment to actually be hands on um, with with that uh, the, the, the hospital
0: because you've got uh, I mean uh, again i uh, and that was mainly what i was getting at you know if people are looking to make a donation then then supporting mm. just something like that alone the hospital is is a wonderful thing you've got volunteers right ac- we talk about how obviously big south africa is but yeah. again from following you on social media you've got volunteers right across africa that are prepared to drive hundreds of kilometers to bring exactly. you vultures and and yeah you probably are the Volpro is the preeminent figure for for vul, vulture rehabilitation i suppose yes, in africa yes, in many yes. in, in south africa in many ways so so that's uh brilliant of course some vultures can't be released and yes. so but they still have a conservation value and that's where the the colony at, at volpro or the colonies or yeah. depend, pairing up birds comes into it so just mention a little bit about the captive breeding side of things if you if you want yes yeah,
1: so, so i'm not sure exactly the numbers of uh, how many captive bred individuals we have at this stage um, but uh, so we have this colony set up uh, on volpro as well on that uh, that location where these birds have an artificial uh, cliff where then they can actually go and build there. We, we supply that luckily with the volunteers that you mentioned. They bring nesting material every single day to Volpra and we just put it in the cage and they actually go and collect these things and build their own nest. And in the past, we uh, so for this year with the, the, the whole lockdown and the virus and funding and all those things, we're going to have a, have a different approach to, to the whole captive breeding because in the past, we would, uh, they would lay the egg and then we would, uh, um, uh, breed them in, in incubators until they hatch. And then we, uh, we replace the, the original egg with uh, a dummy egg. Mm-hmm. And then when they hatch, we, we put the, the, um, the chick back into the nest. Uh, but this year, with funding and electricity to run these uh, these incubators, we decided to actually uh, this year just let them breed by themselves and actually see how it goes. And it also that also then provides a baseline for uh, for research and actually to see where to select certain individuals and actually spend any any, any energy into it because some of the uh, the the eggs in captive as well as in wild are infertile sometimes mm-hmm. and try to understand why and when these birds are, are in or producing an infertile egg is it first first year breeding or is it second yeah. year breeding and all those things so it, pro- it provides us with a lot of research questions that we can ask that can be applied to the wild population mm-hmm. um and now uh, we in the process as well of establishing uh, Another breeding uh, colony um, uh, close to spread, which is to the east of uh, the east of Gauteng. Yep. So, so we're trying to 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 split the risk as well of any diseases because the problem is if, if there's a disease coming in, it will uh, destroy the whole population that we have. So, with this whole process process, we're trying to to spread out. Uh, or the, the vultures across it. Otherwise, uh, to ensure that these birds aren't uh, in any threat of diseases or anything in the future. Uh, yeah. And hopefully they can also establish a bre- uh, 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 as their own breeding colony in the bronchospraite area in their own enclosure. So, so, yeah, so there's a lot happening in Volpro, and it's growing, especially the last couple of years. Mm. Volpro has expanded uh, drastically And uh, and we can see that with the numbers in certain areas, Volper is actually making a a huge difference in reducing the actual decline in this population, like in the Michalisburg area, as we are more hands-on in that particular area uh, where the other colonies, uh, we still see the declines and we're trying to figure out with population monitoring what's going on there. But yeah, Yeah. that captive breeding program is quite a quite an interesting and important aspect of Volpro and also be able to reintroduce these birds. And we had a captive-bred individual with a tracker on that went all the way into Namibia, down into the Northern Cape of South Africa and came back to Volpro, uh, came back to the, the Michalisburg area. Oh, brilliant, uh, yeah. So, yeah, so, yeah I, so.
0: I, was, I was just gonna say, because it, 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 essentially, it is working. You're you taking and what would be an, an injured bird, um, that's still got it's still got a value, hasn't it? Exactly. So these birds are there. These injured birds, but you know, birds that might have a wing missing or yes. um, so certainly can't go back to the wild. They are breeding, aren't they? In your yeah. in your colonies and and birds are being released, which is what I absolutely love. I love the fact that <laughs> that this is tr- it's tried and tested and it is yeah. working. Volpro are breeding from rehab birds and releasing them back into the wild yes. and, and then as you say learning all this wonderful information about a young i'm assuming this bird that's that traveled to namibia that's a fur is that a f- first year that's his first year
1: um yes uh, so that was the first year yeah there was one that was released in 2018 so yeah. the 2019 uh fledglings that uh the the, the ones that actually in october last year Unfortunately, we wanted to release them, but we had to bring them back due to the lockdown and everything, yeah. so that will only be released later this year, as soon as the lockdown is, uh, is over, so that we can actually go and put them in the, the soft re- release enclosure as well. Yeah, so that was definitely, that was a first year individual that actually moved that huge distances, and we have one uh, birds moving up to, to Lake Kariba. Capri- 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 uh, yeah. Lake Kariba, sorry, in Zimbabwe, and then also it's on its way moving back through Botswana. What had birds moving to to the delta in Botswana as well? So these birds fly in huge areas uh, and and cover huge distances every single day, and yeah. that's why it's probably so difficult to 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 understand what is actually causing these declines in their population numbers. Um, and there's so many threats that they can encounter from here all the way to namibia so mm. so yeah with this tracking data data we can then uh try to understand exactly what is causing these uh declines of first years
0: yeah absolutely i mean it's yeah it's it's, it's brilliant it's brilliant stuff and i suppose from your point of view as someone who's coming into this as as a research scientist it's probably you're probably in a, in your absolute element with it as well for uh how are you? How are you? Obviously, you, you said to me, I don't, I don't think we recorded it at the start. You said to me about obviously your, your. Oh no, I think you maybe did. Your PhD was on larks. How are you finding working with some big proper birds then? Excuse, no offence to the larks, but I'm a bit, I'm, I like me raptors. <coughs> so, uh, um, how are you finding working with the raptors and studying them and the vultures? Um, it's uh, from
1: coming from working very with small birds. So my my PhD was more on a on a physiological part uh, and not, uh, well, it's it's also endangered birds, so it's also worth conservation, but we had a more physiological approach and what climate change, the impact on climate change on these lo- small larks are. So coming from that, uh, there's a lot of stuff that I can actually uh, uh, apply to, to vultures and yeah. vultures Vultures is such, I think it's easier to work with bigger bigger birds than smaller birds, um, so but but yeah, so I, I actually had a couple of, uh, we worked on ours as well during my PhD as a okay. as a separate project. So so I had some experience with working with bigger raptors, um, but yeah, I'm really enjoying my my, my, my work at Volpro, uh, yeah. even though it's only a month and a half into it. I'm, I'm really, really enjoying it and actually learning a lot uh, from conservation point, um, yeah. coming out of a solid academia uh, course, so I'm actually enjoying it, and actually where these the the actual academia can be applied to actually protect a certain species and ensure that our kids one day can see all these uh, important birds and. Uh, pretty birds that that we uh, that we have the privilege
0: to see well yeah and, and uh, as you know as you know that are uh, critically important as well I and mean, we we yes. bang on about it a lot with raptor aid and uh, and that's why we we love organizations like volpro because these birds yeah are, are so critically important we said it with andre from whether you're in britain or wherever you are in the world vultures vultures make a difference what irrespective of of what you think just um just mentioning um the the youngsters then what's one of the questions i and i mentioned this to you i think before we started um is i often get asked by young academics so people you know that were just starting a, a graduate degree Um, even people even people not so much doing that um you know people doing high school work what opportunities do do volpro offer opportunities for people to come out and do work experience and you mentioned volunteers yes
1: no so volpro volpro uh allows anyone to actually come and help um like do we have a like you mentioned previously as well, and we said that uh, Volpro is a huge volunteer group uh, in South Africa, as well as internationally, where these uh, a lot of people help with uh, uh, getting these birds at certain locations that, uh, that we don't have to drive after every single one. So for a young person to get involved, yes, okay, unfortunately they can't drive always uh, to go and collect stuff. But for, for someone that wants to to get involved, they must just contact Volpro we have a lot of opportunities where they can come either learn the research part or spend a day on a, on a weekend or even like during holidays where they can come and spend a day or two at Volpro and actually help with feeding these birds and actually interacting with these birds. It's such a such a lack of thing or enjoyable thing to actually sit and actually watch these birds and how they behave, even though they're in captivity or in enclosures, they still behave, and you can see certain behavioral trends that you can pick up. And it's such a privilege to actually be up and close with these birds and work with them uh, hand on hand. So, for for someone coming from as a student or trying to uh, get uh, to to learn more about the nature and birds or whatever, they must surely contact Volpro. There's there's more than enough opportunities to come and help uh, yeah. us here as well. Yeah.
0: Yeah, well, that's it. Kind of seems like the perfect part. I wish when I was younger I'd come across someone like Vault Pro, because there is you've got the research side of things, so you can yes. just what you've we've just discussed. You know, there's there's obviously loads of opportunity to assist and learn about that. You've got the you've got the the animal husbandry side of things as well. So the 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 day to day running of the the center and yeah. I, it, i i always point out to people that's not all glamorous not just you know there's a lot of hard graft involved in that i I come from a background of working with captive birds of prey um and and yeah and then going on from that you you know the the field work that you do as well further afield it's uh yeah it it couldn't be any better so i'll put a i'll make sure i put a link up to to volpro anyway um with with this uh before we uh before i I post this online um one one of the crash i won't keep you too long then and um, cuz one other question. Not that you've got to go anywhere, because your lockdown's <laughs> just been your exactly. lockdown's just been extended, and I think ours is due to be extended today, yeah. this afternoon. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. And um, someone's asked, have you got any experience with tawny Eagles in in the wild? Um,
1: now? Well, I, I personally I don't have experience with tawny Eagles, but I, uh, as far as I have it's uh, Volpro and they all, uh, had tawny Eagles as in rehab. I'm not yeah. sure exactly what what happened to them, and I'm um, I'm pretty sure they got released. Yeah. Um, but we don't have any. Exp- well, personally, I don't have experience in my month and a half that I was with with Volpra now um, with, with okay. Tawny Eagles. We had a Veroge eagle in um, that it, that that we're trying to get a mate for, so that we can also start a breeding program for that with uh, Veroge eagle uh, eagles, yeah. um, and then. We had a Warburgs, but he was unfortunately so, so uh, very injured and yeah, the, he didn't make it. Um, but yeah, we don't have experience or I don't have experience. At all.
0: No, fair, fair. no, that's all right. Don't worry. And um, what is, I, I'll finish on a, 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 well, a question. What's your, cause I, I absolutely love Africa. I think it's such an amazing to, to spend time there is, is a real privilege. Is it, you know, for someone who's into their wildlife and their birds of prey especially. What, give us your, have you, have you been lucky enough to spend a lot of time out in the bush? You obviously have doing your PhD and stuff like that. Have you got any memorable stories to, to whet people's appetites for the African bush? Any, anything exciting's ever happened?
1: Jimmy, I lost you there, so can you maybe just repeat the question?
0: I was just saying how much I I love my time that I've spent in Africa, and I was asking whether, with your experience in the bush, doing your PhD and your studies, whether you've got any memorable stories. It doesn't have to relate to birds of prey. It could be, you know, elephants, rhinos, or anything like that.
1: Sure. Uh, A story that would stick out. I'm not sure exactly... There's no story because there's so many that, uh, like all the places I've seen and actually this, the things I experience from with my honors work in the Dragonsburg, uh, spending months there, climbing up the mountains, seeing all the wildlife uh, around you as you're as you, as you actually doing some research on, on a small bird in that area, all the way to experiencing art parks, art wolves. Uh, pole cats everything in the in the Bushman land in the northern parts of uh, Northern Cape. Uh, there's there's nothing that really that I can say that sticks out. Spending uh, every year so, uh, at least two weeks in Kruger National Park. There's there's just too many stories that there's no particular one that stands out to me that I can say and highlight it. Just... Yeah, well, I,
0: I, I, mean, I should know, I should know better, because I asked Andre this question as well, and he, he, he said, I, "How can I answer that?" And you know, he spent years in, in, in the exactly. field, and he, he said, oh, "I can't really, I can't really answer that." I was hoping you were gonna tell me like some really cool story about, you know, you got called a rhino, but your your name's Rhino because you, I don't know, you were <laughs> a rhino whisperer or something, but obviously. <laughs> no, they,
1: they called me that on on. Uh, at the high school so <laughs>
0: <laughs> it might be to do with your rugby days then I don't yeah. know <laughs> yeah. right well that's it. I mean it's been brilliant I, I can't thank you enough for coming on and, and I'm glad we got you back after the first we yes. got cut off Um it's. I, I wish you every luck, and hopefully, I will eventually make it out to, to Volpro. I keep saying to Kerry that I'll come out and, and no, um, not. help a little bit. So it'd be lovely to come out and see firsthand the the work you're doing out there. But uh, right, Rhino, thank you very much for taking the time. I will. Uh, I'll end the stream yeah. now. And uh, yeah, thank you very much, everyone, for tuning in. Hope you enjoyed it.